0: it's the rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe and it is Tuesday, July 6th, back after the holiday and it is on. Fantasy football draft season officially here and man, I'm excited. I am excited for 2021. It's going to be a unique year for sure with the 17 games. By the way, if you haven't addressed that in your home leagues, it's time to do that. Uh, The NFL is an extra game longer. I know some people are kind of waking up from their fantasy football slumbers. Extend the regular season or whatever you got to do, but address that bad boy in your fantasy football leagues. Today on the show, we are going to preview the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Remember, we still have that contest going on, though, on Apple Podcasts, so all you have to do is review the show on Apple Podcasts rate it, and then leave your Twitter handle in the review, and you're entered in to win a Rant t-shirt if you want to buy one, which they're pretty cool. Every time I wear it, man, I get comments. People are like, what is that thing? What is that thing? Anyway, um, go over to sawdustpods.com for all of our merch over there. So let's talk about the Dolphins, a team that certainly surprised last year. You know, Brian Flores has this team going in the right direction. And offensively, they were really interesting. You know, they weren't great by any means, but they were very interesting. Couple themes that we saw, okay, well, we did see the relief pitcher theme, which will be out of the mix this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick got off to a good start, but they obviously wanted to get Tua in there. You don't spend a top five pick on a quarterback to have him sit. Really, ever. Much less in 2021, but really, ever. So they wanted to get him in there, but Tua, two things to remember with Tua. First, coming off a devastating injury, so it was pretty remarkable that he was back on the field, even unto itself. Second, it was a COVID year. He did not get a normal rookie offseason, which is hard enough. So I'm not really going to base much on Tua from last year, but we won't get the relief pitcher thing. The other thing that we did notice, they like to ride a bell cow. Now, it was Miles Gaskin for a chunk of the season, but not the entire thing, right? He was banged up. He also uh, hit the COVID list as well for a point of the year. But they like to ride that lead back. Miles Gaskin, believe it or not, only th- three top 10 fantasy weeks last year. Uh, week five, week six, week 16, but that was a pretty darn important one. Week 16, he was the number two fantasy running back that week. But overall, still showed the upside. And overall, still finished, you know, he finished top 30 with 10 games played. That's pretty solid right there. Averaged uh, another, you know, very really solid number here, 16.2 PPR points per game. So really overall good. And and here's how we know they want to ride the bell cow. When Miles Gaskin was out, It was Savon Ahmed who they rode. So we got that. Now, the other big thing here, in addition to what we sort of learned from this team last year, is they attacked, well, first and foremost, free agency with Will Fuller. Remember, he'll be suspended for one game, but who freaking cares? And then they attacked wide receiver yet again in the draft, drafting Jalen Waddell. So speed, speed, and more speed to go with, well, they have some speed guys, Jakeem Grant, Albert Wilson, Lynn Bowden, but they're smaller guys, though. You know, all, all three of those guys smaller. And then you have bigger guys who don't necessarily have that speed in Devontae Park or Preston Williams to a lesser extent, too. So now you add speed. So this team's going to be very exciting. So let's talk first about Tua Tungavailoa. I am a believer in Tungavailoa as a long term starter in the NFL. And I do think he takes a nice step forward this year. Now, I don't think that's a, like a Justin Herbert performance last year. I don't think it's anything like that or like a Patrick Mahomes year two. I mean, could, if every quarterback could have a Patrick Mahomes year two. Uh, but anyway, I, I think it's going to be solid. I think he gets close to 4,000 passing yards, 25 passing touchdowns. He adds a little bit with his legs. He's not the most mobile quarterback, but he's no stiff you know, he showed some sneaky mobility last year. So you get 50-ish rushing attempts. hundred and I have 162 rushing yards. That's solid right there. 162 rushing yards. Give him a two or three rushing touchdowns. And you know, you put it all together. He's top 24. So here's the thing. There's upside with Tungavailoa, especially because it sounds like they're going to be utilizing more vertical concepts with Will Fuller with Jalen Waddle on the field. Hopefully, you know, they do tap into that. That's been the talk. So, if Tunga Vailoa has that element, you know, he's got some upside, plus what we know he's capable of doing, if that all comes together on the field, he is draftable as an upside option in one quarterback leagues. He is. Now, he's a late round guy, and I would love to pair him up with somebody who's a little bit safer so that I don't screw up the earlier part of my season by rolling the dice on on just Tua, but he's certainly a late round target. Now, at the same time, I don't think he's a target for me in, in super flex leagues, because typically I want two safer guys in the 10 to 20 range. Tua's right at the back end. He projects out at 21. I actually have him ranked at 20. I moved him up just a tick not really the type of guy I want to build around. You know, he would be, if I got him as an upside guy, he would be my third quarterback. But honestly, I don't think that he's going to be in that range because I'm usually waiting until 24 quarterbacks are drafted before I draft my third quarterback in, you know, ultimately in um, 12-team leagues. So... Probably not in play there, but certainly a viable late round option. Like if you miss on some of the more desirable upside targets, then Tua is, you know, he's definitely in the mix for me. I I would go after him in one quarterback formats. Right now, my late-round upside, it's Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Daniel Jones, Tua Tsungai, Loa, Justin Fields, and maybe Carson Wentz. I don't really know how to classify Carson Wentz, but that's kind of how I'm looking at the if you're going late round and you're searching for upside it's one of those guys and really kind of in that order uh for me right there so I mentioned a wide receivers why don't we dive into that next adding Will Fuller to Devontae Parker along with drafting Jalen Waddell it's pretty darn sexy so we'll take a break and when we come back we will break down the Dolphins wide receivers So this wide receiver group last year was not the sexiest in the league by any means. But you have Devontae Parker who, you know, fortunately, unlike some of the, like the Laquan Treadwells of the world, Parker has done a good enough job that I would say, you know, he's not a bust. He maybe isn't the elite level receiver we had hoped he was going to be in dynasty leagues, right? A lot of people out there hoping for, you know, top 10 annual production out of Parker But you look at what he's been able to do, it did take some time, it did, he was kind of like the Heinz catch-up, good things come to those who wait, type fantasy option, but in 2019, fifth year in the league, finally hit 72 catches, goes for 1,200 yards, 9 touchdowns. That was after a whole bunch of just flat seasons, where he was largely banged up throughout most of that time. Last year, in 11 games played, 63 catches, almost 800 yards, 793, and four touchdowns. Not great, not terrible. Decent enough volume. He had triple-digit targets. Never seemed to be on the same page with Tua, though. It seemed like any of the big games, remember that last year, any of the big games were with Fitzy under center, but maybe another year helps that out. Regardless, he's your... I've I've equated him to like a poor man's DeAndre Hopkins in a lot of ways, where he's going to he's not going to beat you downfield, but he's going to do a lot of his damage above the rim, uh, short and intermediate, that sort of thing. So he can still be that guy. But as far as I'm concerned, if I'm looking at the top fantasy option on this team, I think it has to be Will Fuller not Devontae Parker. And Parker may out-target Fuller, but Fuller is going to get the more valuable higher dot targets, higher downfield targets. We know he can make plays. And there were times, now granted it was Deshaun Watson throwing him the ball, but there were times in his stint with the Texans where Fuller would literally take over games. you know, And he benefited playing opposite Hopkins. So now he plays against, a, or plays opposite a sort of poor man's Hopkins not going to draw as much attention, obviously, as DeAndre Hopkins did from the opposing defense, but still, it's actually a pretty nice pairing here. It's a pretty sharp pairing for Miami. He will be suspended in week one. Remember that. Then you add in Jalen Waddle, and I know that the draft scouting community, the draft Nick community, and even to a lesser extent, the Devian Dynasty community were sort of split on Waddle or Smith. Like, Devonte Smith or or Jalen Waddle, who is the better Alabama receiver? And and maybe it's just both. Maybe that's actually the answer because they both you know they both bring a different dynamic skill set, you know, it's sort of unique to each guy. But both guys are very very appealing. Waddle put in this offense probably better than Smith put in this offense, just based on their the 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 style of play for each of these guys. And he is the type of player who he can make an instant impact. Now, you know, it seems like every year we're saying, oh, this guy's like Tyree Kill. Well, he really is like Tyree Kill, though. He's blazing fast. He's a little bit more stocky. You know, he's, he's not uh, lean like Devontae Smith. And he can, you can manufacture touches for him. You know, in some ways, maybe what they were trying to do with Lynn Bowden, they can actually do with Jalen Waddell. So I actually think you know it's pretty close between Fuller, Waddle, and Parker. I would say Fuller, you could view Fuller as a wide receiver four with certainly much more upside than that. But am I drafting him inside the top 36? Probably not, but pretty, pretty close to that. I would draft Jalen Waddle as a wide receiver four, and honestly, I would draft De- Devontae Parker as a wide receiver four. Each one of those guys could exceed that if Tua hits. So they're pretty interesting. But we do have to account for the fact that, that Mike Gusecki is going to see his share of targets in this offense. I have him projected out at 50 catches, uh, 596, and six touchdowns. So he's he is in the 3-for-32 range on an average per-game basis, maybe slightly 3-for-32-plus, not really the catch-wise, but the yardage-wise because he does have some juice, obviously, as we know. Maybe a little bit more touchdown upside. He's a top-12 option, but just remember it's not, with tight end, if you're not drafting those elite guys, you just have to make sure your expectations are set in the right spot, three for 32, pretty much what you're going to get, now they did draft uh, Hunter Long out of Boston College, this dude caught everything last year, he's interesting for the long term, dynasty wise, a little stash action right there, but nothing in the short term, I would still think that Durham Smythe would be the number two heading into this year, and there's nothing there with Durham Smythe for fantasy purposes. So let's turn our attention lastly to the backfield. As I mentioned, Miles Gaskin did surprise last year, uh, but Miles Gaskin also showed that undersized backs, imagine this, uh, don't always hold up in the NFL. And he is slightly undersized at 5'10", 200 pounds, So that is the one concern that I have about Miles Gaskin. I'm viewing him as a back-end RB2, but there's certainly the potential that he misses some time, and we see some Savan Ahmed. The team also brought in Malcolm Brown uh, in that backfield as well for some more depth, but Gaskin, there is appeal. Just make sure your expectations are where they should be, and also just something to throw out there. There was a point you know, in the offseason where, A, it was, it was some chatter, they would bring in somebody a little bit better in terms of free agency, they didn't end up getting anybody, uh, you know, uh, there, like Aaron Jones re-signs, uh, you have Chris Carson re-signing with their previous teams, and so they didn't get anybody there, and then there was a lot of rumblings they were going to draft somebody, there's still been rumblings that they're not entirely satisfied with this backfield, so it's just something to note, like, let's not push all the chips in on Miles Gaskin, But if you get him in the right spot as a, you know, sort of value RB2, I don't mind it. I just, you know, you got to make sure you know what you're getting into. Undersized back who does already have an injury history after getting an opportunity to be a three-down guy. At least he does have that opportunity again. But regardless, a lot of things to be excited about here. You know, it's a really intriguing team who does look like they're going to take yet another step forward this year. Man, the AFC East is changing, isn't it? Anyway, that's going to wrap it up here for Miami. Up next on the list, the Minnesota Vikings. I'll do that podcast here for you tomorrow. In the meantime, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of the show. And uh, check out FTNFantasy.com. Rankings, projections, and my draft guide. Oh, it's coming. Announcement on that will be coming up soon as well. So I appreciate you listening, subscribing, all that fun stuff, and feel free to share the love on the pod. I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out of here.